everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the PYRB podcast. That's purple, yellow, red and blue. A podcast for the fans, by the fans. Each episode, a guest will join alongside myself and talk about everything going on with Portugal the Man. Today we have news, topics, social media activities, and you know, some, some other impressions and some articles that will come out. Yeah, each episode we have the PTM song game at the end of the episode, and a chance to hang out and hear and hear out with the guests on the episode. You can find this podcast plus and this part this pot there, let me say that again. You can find this podcast plus past and future ones up on YouTube and Spotify. If you're on YouTube and you enjoy the show, leave us a like or a five star rating. It it helps more people kind of like find the show online. It's kind of how the algorithm kind of works. The best way I know. Anyway. My name is Mark, and my guest today joining my guest today that's joining me is uh, my name is Josh. Uh, you can find me in the Discord as Gerald Fjord. Uh, I'm in the subreddit as Laser Guided Melody. And then if you've ever seen my YouTube channel, it's Josh K. I've got like a lot of Portugal Demand footage on there. So if you're ever looking to check some of it out, I got some full shows, just clips from different stuff over the last ten years. And if you feel want like feel like you want to, feel free to check it out. Nice one. Hey, Josh, how's uh, how's your Saturday going in uh, the great USA? <laughs> uh, I mean, call it the great USA. I don't know if I'd say that today, um, of all days especially. Actually, yeah. But, um, yeah, all external things aside, I mean, in my own little sphere, everything's been going, like, pretty easy for Breezy so, so far. I really can't complain. Started off a nice Sunday, summer after Sunday summer afternoon just chilling out um listen to a bit of portugal the man like i usually do uh yeah it's been a good day so far what about yourself how's things across the pond <laughs> things across the pond well last week was uh the temperature decided to go from about 20 degrees centigrade to about 35 on one or two of the days so everyone in the country melted so um yeah, we're not prepared for that heat. <laughs> um, yeah, that's tough, man. It was bloody warm. Yeah, uh, last Friday, went to see uh, another band, uh, Pond, uh, in London. That was pretty cool. Haven't been to see a show in about six or seven months, so it's good to go see them. Um, I wish it was a bit colder, a little less humid, but uh, apart from that, yeah. Um, Hopefully it was like an indoor show with AC. It was, and I was at the front, and there was a little bit of air conditioning, but... I mean, they're an Aussie band, and they looked a bit like they looked a bit uncomfortable as well. Like <laughs> they could tell it was like, yeah, yeah. bloody warm today. Um, no, yeah. Uh, Nick, though, the front man, was he still going crazy despite the heat? Because when uh, we had seen them in the past in 2018, he was like crazy all over the stage, just moving a lot, like bending himself backwards in half. It was pretty crazy. He didn't bend himself backwards but he he kind of you know like the front railing you get that divides the people with kind of like yeah the front so that's a round rail he was standing on that like just almost like a surface motion just back and forth just like just gliding there just like playing with crowd like he was pretty much crowd surfing three times like i got pretty close to him like I, you know i made eye contact you know it wasn't awkward for him um yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. he's mental. But no, it was it was good fun to be fair. And I've been waiting for that one for about I think I bought those tickets in like January. So it was like okay, yeah. I've been I've been long waiting for that one. I I discovered them during the pandemic, and yeah, it was a good it was a good show. It's a nice show actually. Yeah. Okay, you say you had seen the show like six or seven months ago. Who was that that you saw? Uh, I went to see um, a London based, an English based band, Jungle. 
they're like a oh yeah I know jungle yeah, they're like modern modern soul I suppose you could call them if that's a phrase if that's a genre yeah oh neo soul I think is what they call it neo soul yeah yeah I yeah they were uh, they were amazing to be honest that was a really entertaining show to be fair um, that was back in September that was literally just after all the lockdown restrictions had sort of like wrapped up and it was like you know we're vaxxed ready to go gonna go enjoy ourselves and that was a good show actually two warm-ups yeah. it was like music as you go into the venue are warm yeah and then they came and did like an hour and a half set or something I think it was a hell of a I was you know <laughs> it was a hell of a show to be honest the presentation yep. yeah is brilliant now especially I mean just the thrill of going to concerts after the COVID lockdowns and stuff as well I mean, definitely was an incredible experience. Uh, I was fortunate enough that Portugal the Man were actually the first band I got to see post-lockdown, and it was back in September as well. And, uh, yeah, just the crowd that night in the band, it was, like, super incredible after, you know, most people going so long without seeing live music and then getting to be right back in it with my favorite band was a pretty awesome experience. That's brilliant, man. Um, you mentioned about your YouTube channel as well. I'll I'll leave a link for that down in the description, and uh, they do. I think they do descriptions on Spotify. I think so. Yeah, I'll I'll leave a link for him on both ends. So uh, easy, go check out Josh. Um, I'm sure he does amazing stuff on his YouTube channel as well. So you know, uh, it's it's definitely not amazing. I'm gonna put that out there. Full stop. I usually just record with my like iPhone 10, um, but the way I look at it is every performance, whether it's Portugal the Man or any other band, because I've seen a lot of music, because I just love live music. Uh, it just blows my mind to think that so many awesome shows might just go kind of forgotten and lost to time. And so with Portugal the Man especially, I've started getting in the habit of trying to record the full shows if I can, just because every show with PTM is different in some way. And I just, it like freaks me out to think about some of their awesome jams just like being lost to time and whatnot. So that's why I've gotten in the habit of trying to record those shows yeah and especially with they've kind of there's a point where they don't really play anything before in the mountain in the cloud anymore that's kind of like mm -hmm. kind of cut off point i think zach's kind of said there's a few songs like i think people say they're like yeah we played this quite and we played this enough we're gonna move on to some yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah and i has gotten a lot of attention as well that's probably like one of the oldest regularly played songs they have at this point it's definitely like and i have they been bringing that back then oh right oh Oh yeah, they played it in um, September 21, and then I saw them at Madison Square Garden in April as well, and they played it there. Alright, excellent, excellent. I wanted to start off with quite an easy, like, quite an easy first topic. Uh, your first memory, can you remember that far back? Oh yeah, I can, I can certainly remember. Because um, it's like a watershed moment in my life, you know? The first time I heard Portugal the Man was definitely like, I came to a fork in the road and I took like the better path, I think. Um, I was just listening to probably, like, it was 2010, uh, probably during the summer, and I was, like, between junior and senior year of high school, super into a lot of just, like, indie rock and stuff at the time. I deny it to this day, but I guess you could say I was a bit of a hipster back then. <laughs> but so whatever a hipster would have been listening to, I know Arcade Fire, The Suburbs, was, like, definitely a regular thing I was playing. Um, but... Brothers by the Black Keys also, I was listening to a lot at that time. And I think that's how I came across Portugal the Man, is just on YouTube. I was listening to something off of Brothers, and it just recommended people say. 
And the album artwork alone, I was like, well, this looks like pretty crazy. I should check this out. And then as soon as I hit people say I was a fan, I was like, oh my God, I don't know what this is, but this is just incredible. And I just started clicking through other songs. I think I listened to like The Sun, uh, Mornings, and maybe Guns and Dogs. And by that point, I was like, this is like probably one of the best contemporary bands I've heard in a long time. Um, so I started looking into it and uh, I can't even remember what possessed me to do it because I'd never been to a live concert before myself. I was only like 17 at the time and I live kind of in a very isolated area without much culture in like any direction for like three or four hours. <laughs> but I saw they were playing at a city, they were playing in a city about three hours from me. It was Syracuse, New York. And um, the girl I was dating at the time, I was just like, hey, if I buy tickets to the show, will you drive us? And she said, sure. So I did. I bought the tickets and had them for probably seven or eight months before the show finally came around. And um, going to see them live that first time, again, that was definitely like a life-changing moment for me, for sure. So I remember it all very clearly. Oh, wow. Excellent. I've, just think about, you, you said um, people say off uh, Satanic Satanist. I mean, that album art, but that kind of like cosmic neon kind of green, like the wacky sort of almost alien figure it's it's very different <laughs> yeah yeah to this day i still don't know like what are these characters john created i don't know i like i don't know if they're supposed to be alien or some kind of like sea creatures or what it's just very trippy though and i've just always thought it was so cool so i actually have that album on vinyl it was like the first vinyl i ever bought and um again it's just almost for the artwork alone it was definitely a worth it purchase Mm, nice, nice. And obviously, Majestic Majesty with the uh, sort of black and white version, kind of, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, so you see, my uh, intro to it came in like phases where that first kind of obsession I had with them was pretty much strictly satanic Satanist. And it wasn't even until after I'd seen them live that they blew my mind. And I was like, holy crap, these guys really are like the real deal. They're like just peak, like, musicianship and everything you could want and then from there i kind of started slowly going back to their older albums and i was thinking about it this morning and it's just crazy to me to think that by the time i started listening to ptm satanic satanist was only about a year old and american ghetto had just come out because when i think back my first instinct is to think like, oh man, I wish I could have been around during the Satanic Satanist period when it was new. Um, listening to Kevin talk in his podcast, it was episode two, I was just like, man, he was there from like the very beginning. That must have been such a cool experience to have seeing PTM as like the unknown opener. Um, but like I was getting to when I think about it now, I mean, Satanic Satanist was only a little over a year old when I first got into them. So I am now more grateful that I did get into them when I did. Yeah, I mean, that, that, of course, Satanic. So that's what, is that 2008? So you are like... Um, 2000, 2009 and then American Ghetto was 2010. Oh, okay. So was Majesty, was that six months later? I don't know the actual time. I should learn all the dates, to be honest, and do like a... It was uh, Doc's birthday on June 14th. I, I know that one, I think. I think it was June 14th. June 16th? It, yeah, was, it was, I think, the 16th or somewhere around there, because I know I was at Firefly Music Festival in 2017 when Woodstock came out, and I, like, got a bunch of people together that were PTM fans, and we just hung out in my campsite and, like, got stoned and listened to that album <laughs> yeah that one's five years old now i mean we'll get into that later i mean about like the releases and bits like that but yeah satanic 
So you are 14 years, pretty much, a fan of. That's pretty impressive, to be fair. Like, I've, ta- I've told this story now on pretty much every podcast, but basically I'm an in-the-mountain-in-the-cloud baby, if you will. <laughs> um, quite a big football fan in the UK. Um, basically, the FIFA games, the football games, they're really popular over here. And essentially, like, I'd win a game and then got it all would come on and be like, oh, mate, that's just, just like, Nirvana. <laughs> you no, yeah, definitely. Comes you're like, oh, this is brilliant. And then after that, I was like, yeah. oh, I should really look out for what else they're doing, you know. Um, you know, I was there for sort of Evil Friends coming out, and then Woodstock was another big one. But, yeah, that was kind of my... So I'm sort of 10-plus years in as well, but I've sort of ramped up fandom in the recent, more recent years, like going back and just really just covering their entire uh, discography. So, um yeah, you're a little bit more experienced, mate, which is nice. It's nice. It's good to see some PTM almost lifers. <laughs> I suppose. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. At this point, I'm definitely definitely a lifer. I don't have any tattoos right now, but if I ever get one, I am definitely going to have it be a PTM tattoo. You're not going to get the uh, racism against shows with a little tank thing. <laughs> one of those. Shit. I mean. I, I have that shirt. I've got the long sleeve tie dye racism for chode shirt, so I do rep that, and I might get the tattoo. That's not a bad idea. I th- I'm trying to think of all the tattoos because John has quite a few, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he's got way more than I could even try to like name. Oh yeah, but it's also awesome though. I mean, whoever does his—I'm uh, assuming he designs his own tattoos—but the person who actually does the work does a great job. Yeah, it always you know, always looks good, and he keeps adding to it. Uh, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing I am just a walking billboard. I want to show people what I like, so I'm like, yeah, maybe I would do that, to be honest. No, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I just love repping PTM. I, I don't know if that sounds like crazy or not, but any chance I have, I love like telling people about them because I just... They already won a Grammy Award and stuff, but I feel like they could always deserve more. Because they're just such a talented band. I've seen so many live bands, and I've seen so much amazing music. But Portugal the Man always comes out like number one on top for me. Mm. I, I, I'm really looking forward if they ever do come back to the UK. I'm sure they will probably in the next twelve months. Hopefully, crossing fingers. Uh, if they do more than one show, I might might try follow them for a couple of shows. If they do one in the Midlands and maybe one up north, because my closest show would yeah. be London, to be honest, to where I'm living. Yep. Uh, and that's like following them to multiple shows that's like the dream we thought about it this past april we saw them in new york city and then we considered seeing them in philadelphia um two days after that but uh just ended up like not working out so we didn't and they played the same set list so we didn't really like necessarily miss anything but still i can never get enough portugal demand all right yeah nice well uh, i mean you saw them. That's, that's, pretty, that's epic enough, I think. <laughs> that's cool enough, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to sort of move just slightly on a little bit. Uh, getting to know you a little bit more, Josh. So, uh, where'd you come from? Where'd you, where'd you live? <laughs> what should, how was uh, yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah. Tell us tell uh, so, the story. <laughs> yeah, I, I mentioned I do live uh, on the East Coast. Um, in upstate New York. And so for anyone that's never been to upstate New York, they just assume that if you live in New York, you must live in the city. But the city is just a very small part of the overall state of New York. I live like four and a half to five hours northwest of New York City. And uh, there's not much going on up here. Just 
a lot of hills, a lot of trees, and unfortunately, like a lot of a lot of Trump supporters and stuff. But um, also, just very devoid of like culture and whatnot. I had mentioned, um, like I said, to go see a decent show. There used to be a venue in the city of Ithaca, which is about forty-five minutes from me. Uh, it's a big college town. They've got Cornell and Ithaca University, and there's a venue there that used to have. You know, that's where I saw Pond and, like, some other ba- pretty cool bands. But COVID ended up shutting that place down, and now it's just a parking lot. Um, so the closest places to me now are about, like, two and a half to three hours away from where I live. So I've got to travel if I want to see shows. And it's kind of a bummer, but I love live music, so it always ends up being worth it. Yeah, the two and a half hours becomes, like, it, it's fine. You're like, I do this, you know, it's not an everyday activity, you know, you- go for it definitely with me as well it's, it's a bit of a journey it's like an hour hour and a half at least to probably get to london if i'm lucky um so yeah I, i'm completely there with you but yeah four and a half hours to new york and to say that there's no culture around you with new york which is such a sort of culture rich it is kind of usa's like, like not number two basically but you know because i'm not saying los angeles is everything or california but you know it's up there you know it's culture rich and it's just oh yeah kind of not spread out a little bit more i don't know but but yeah no they unfortunately the influence of the city is not felt up here where i am in the town that i live in the biggest industries are like there's a prison that a lot of people work at or there's like a couple hospitals that some people work at but otherwise there's like not much going on at all all right and uh you mentioned um you mentioned previously that you were uh, your your fiance so your getting married hopefully <laughs> uh yes uh next year 2023 october just don't ask me specifically which day i just assume she'll tell me when that day comes around the 31st no no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well we thought about that i mean she's a big halloween fan so definitely part of the reason why we chose october um yeah, halloween we're probably gonna throw some halloween type stuff in there Oh, nice. Excellent. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> well, thank you very much. We've been together for like 10 years now, so we basically are married already. At this point, it's just a formality. Just a formality. Excellent. I'll, I'll credit to you, you know. Congratulations and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything you want to ask me, though? Because, you know, I've, I've only done a couple of these and I'm not massive on social media. I don't really, I kind of just tweet about angry football things because, you know, I'm passionate. Um, I'm, I should be in the Discord more. I try and pipe up a little bit when people are having a discussion. There's some like, news or something, like jump in on some memories. But yeah, is there, is there anything you want to ask me? Just... Yeah, so, um, like, as someone who hasn't seen Portugal the Man, hmm. uh, when it finally does happen for you, uh, are there any particular songs that you would really want to see them play? Um, well, I, I kind of want to see Purple Yellow Red. That's kind of my favourite one. I've named the show after it. That's probably the, the A one. I need to do like a start with it. Or like it comes like two or three tracks in. So I'm like, I'm pretty confident I'm going to see that. Oh, I've ever since I've... So I've seen them eight times altogether now, starting in 2011 and then as recently as just this past April. And once Purple, Yellow, Red and Blue came out with Evil Friends, it was June 2013 and I saw them in Buffalo, New York. The week that that album came out, I think it was actually John's birthday that night, um, but they played Purple, Yellow, Red, and Blue then, and then they have played it at every single show I've gone to since then. Oh, yeah. They've either opened with it or ended with it, so I think you're pretty safe. 
Nice, because I know there was like um, it faded in from another song uh, that they were um, that they were covering. Yeah, for whom the bell tolls by Metallica. That's it. Yeah, and then another brick in the wall, part two by Pink Floyd, and then they'd go into for whom the bell or for um, purple, yellow, red, and blue. Your memory's better than mine. I I knew I knew that. I just I couldn't think of it on the spot. <laughs> so that's that's the crazy thing is uh, I realized recently that I look at music. Um, the way it seems like a lot of people look at sports stats. Hmm. Um, I was just talking to a coworker about some show I had seen and I was like, Oh yeah, it was this year, this month. I saw this band was the opening act and this band was the headliner. And he was just like, that's, that's crazy that you remember like all these opening acts and stuff. And I just thought about my older brother and my cousin. Um, they've been playing this baseball game on N64 since they were kids, obviously. And they can somehow still, when like we're all together, chit chat about the stats for individual players from like 1998 and that blows my mind but then i realized there's like similarity there in my opinion when i were like remember track lists and what bands played when i feel like it's kind of it's coming from the same place oh man 1998 wow yeah that is is hardcore to be honest no no i kind of get that i kind of put a lot of like mathematical reason behind a lot of stuff like i like a lot of numbers you know Again, big football fans, so a lot of numbers in that game as well. So yeah, I, I like to, yeah, I like to get behind it. I mean, you, you mentioned N sixty four. Were you much of a gamer? Are you much of a gamer now? Oh yeah, just before uh, we started doing this, I was playing Microsoft Flight Simulator, um, and that was yeah, I had never played a game like that before. I just did last week on a whim because they've got it on Game Pass, and it's so fun in the weirdest way it's like not really exciting and you're not really doing much but for some reason it's i don't know fun for me to just be like hi flying a plane around like over the town that i live in awesome yeah i i haven't checked out flight sim i know they have the um the crossover at the moment with um a top gun they've done the, the, the... oh yeah top gun maverick That's yep it, yeah. <laughs> yeah we it was that did you see like advertising for that I'm like, oh, yep. There's no way to escape it. It's all over the place. <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I, I've never, I've never watched a Top Gun film, so I have no. I'm not going to dive in now. To be honest, I'm not at that point. Yeah, no. It's just Tom. I was going to say. I mean, you didn't miss anything. It's just Tom Cruise in the original. You get to see a shirtless Tom Cruise being pretty hot playing volleyball and then <laughs> flying know. planes really fast. So I assume that's probably what the sequel is. Maybe just an older Tom Cruise. Mm. Maybe shirtless, maybe not, but probably still just being Tom Cruise, maybe. flying fast planes, and uh, given given the authorities some attitude. Yeah, and probably just giving the producers an absolute nightmare. Like Tom's like, you know what? I want to be on the outside of the plane as it's flying. And you're like, oh, what are you doing? Tom, we can't, you might die. He's like... Just, just tie me to the plane. Apparently, he's like he wants to do all of his own stunts. He's nutter. I, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I could go on about it for a little bit longer, but I. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. 1998. I did actually recently about Goldeneye. Have you heard of that game? Have I heard of that game? I was I was there when that lore was written. I, I I don't recite that to me. I was there. That used to be my jam back in the day I, that 25th anniversary is coming up in August and uh, I'd uh, keep a close eye on that one if you're a fan I think they might be doing a nice little port for um, Switch and Xbox to be honest because it was a game to be yeah, rare, rare. used to be with Nintendo then they broke up and went with Microsoft that's a little like oh, that's a little nugget I think that one is a 
I'd be waiting August for that one. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. And I think the only reason they've waited this long is there's a lot of like, like Russian war fighting in that at the moment, which uh, they want nothing. You know, yeah, sensitive topic for yeah, sure. A little bit. Um, that's probably why they've sort of steered clear of it now because apparently that one's been ready for a while. So yeah, uh, a bit more gold now. Yeah, plus yeah, I know. Uh, oh, sorry. Do you have a Nintendo Switch? Yes, I was playing Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, I'm in the same boat, man. Uh, but with the virtual console, the N64 on there, I was hoping for some GoldenEye at some point. But like you were saying, I was reading about how there was a split with Rare or whatever. And uh, people were like, yeah, because it's a licensed game, there's like no way it's going to end up on the Switch. I, th- I think that might, one might be a, a day one on both. I think because, you know, it's a complicated deal. But yeah, I'd uh, I'd hang my hat on that one. I'm pretty confident on that one. Um, yeah, I, I'll just, just give you a little tidbit there. It's not a gaming podcast, but you know. <laughs> oh yeah, but thank you for giving me that. I'm going to look out for that. Thank you for the give, a, give that little heads up. Yeah, I haven't got anything on any other games, to be honest. I mean, I know John played... I know uh, John plays or has done played Fortnite a lot with his kid. To be honest, because he used to take a lot of screenshots when he won games. I was like, "Shouldn't you be what?" Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to kill time before the show. They're like, just get like a. See, I don't use Twitter, and I don't use Instagram, and I don't use Facebook, and I feel like those are three ways to really keep up on those kinds of details about what the band is up to. So I unfortunately never hear about any of that stuff unless someone posts about it in the Reddit or the Discord. It literally, I just remembered him playing with his kid. I just, I think it might have been at home, to be honest. And they were playing Fortnite. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you've got to kill time, to be fair, during these shows. You know, get a bit of downtime. No, oh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, is it, Was there anything else you wanted to ask me? Oh, you mentioned songs. Sorry, pardon me. We completely... Divert. There was a tangent, and we. Oh yeah. So you said purple. Yeah, you said purple, yellow, red, and blue. Were there any other songs that you would really, really like? Love to hear them do live. Even like any covers or jams or anything. Mm, I kind of. I like them doing covers, but I think that'd be like a little cherry on top. To be honest, I. Uh, I think "Sleep Forever" might be a good close. I know they don't. I don't know if they always finish with that, but. Unfortunately, they don't. I wish they did, but um, they don't always finish with it. Uh, they did at Firefly 2018, but then they didn't in 2021 or 2022. I think I'd like to hear a number one, but like an alternative version. Number one is a real sick song live. They um, played it yeah. <laughs> yeah, in 2018, and it's definitely one of my favorite songs off Woodstock. I prefer the alternative version to the album version by a country mile. I find the album version is good, but it got a little repetitive after a while. I don't know, I just kind of would go back to it and I didn't love it as much. But then I heard the alternative version, it kind of leaked on YouTube. They were doing a an outside show somewhere and it's kind of like a really like back, uh, the camera's really panned quite far away and it's, it's probably just on the phone. and. It just sounded so much better. It's like a like a slightly longer version, sort of slowed down. It builds up a little bit more. Yeah. So uh, in 2018 at Firefly, um, that set was legendary. But they played number one, and then from there, at the end of number one, it kind of slowed down. Mm. And they're doing some kind of spaced out type stuff for a little bit, and then they start singing the like um, bit from the very. Exactly, yeah, and then they transitioned from that into Live in the Moment, and that just, um, I think I was on, like, 
I think I was on like MDMA at the time. And just when that happened, it was totally like, I was like elevating. My soul was leaving my body. Like, that, uh, yeah, live in the moment. I mean, gosh, anything from just, to, I'd be happy to hear anything, to be honest. Um, God, I mean, evil friends. I really like, um, the new way, or do you mean the album or the song specifically? The song specifically, but the album, Modern Jesus is pretty good live. Uh, yeah. but have you seen how uh, how they've been performing Evil Friends like lately? Well, no, because I always I always thought that would be a good one to start off with because it's like a nice slow build up. Nah, so um, in twenty twenty one, it was the first time I ever saw it play it this way. At first, I didn't even know what it was, but that intro, instead of being the kind of like slinky like slow chilled out like piano and everything um it was just heavy it was just heavy fuzz on the guitars it was total headbang worthy and it was the same like melody just like times a hundred and it was sick i definitely threw up some devil horns during that and they played it the same way back in april and i hope they keep playing it that way because the original version is dope like there's no doubt about it but just that heavy version really like knocks your socks off Awesome. I, yeah, that one is that is like a like a number two to PYRV, to be honest. Um, yeah, just like sort of the more big hits, to be honest. I just kind of want a good pass. If they could play for three hours, that'd be great. Just play everything. Just play as much as yeah. possible, mate. It's not. I was. I was. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking last night where if you asked me like, what would your like perfect Portugal the Man set be? I'd be like about like however long it takes them to play every song they've ever released plus about two hours worth of covers because <laughs> it, there's just it, <laughs> yeah exactly there's just too much amazing stuff to choose from uh, and i wish yeah um see so because they're opening for alt j this past spring they only played for like a little over an hour i think so they were limited because they're not the headlining act and then they headlined in september when i saw them and they played for about an hour and a half which is like decent but uh, I have seen like Tame Impala in March. They played for almost two hours. Saw a band called The War on Drugs that played for a little over two hours a couple weeks ago. And uh, I do wish they would kind of push it up towards that. I think you and I were even talking, and I sent you that set list from the show I saw in 2012, where they played something crazy. I think it was like 25 or 27 yeah. songs or something like that. Yeah, you did. And uh, I think that was probably the longest set I've ever seen them do, and that had to have been between like an hour and 45 and two hours. And it was just amazing, and I don't know if part of the reason why they don't play as long now is I know Jaw or Jaw John had been having issues with his jaw, so it would make sense if they're trying to kind of let him like you know take it a little easier. I guess I, I figured that also might have been why in 2018 um, during the jam they did towards the very end of All Your Light, he would kind of go off stage for a few minutes, and it was just the rest of the band. I I, I just wondered if that was part of why they did it just to give him a couple minutes to kind of get off the stage and you know maybe do whatever he had to do or just take a little breather i also know when they do that they say real bands don't need singers <laughs> or lead singers yep. or something like that like the uh and then uh at the end yeah at the end it comes back on and says whoever said we were a real band i remember that <laughs> oh yeah god they love they love <laughs> I, like, I like stuff like that uh, yeah but I, again like an hour and a half would be great. I mean, you mentioned Tame Impala, but like they have eight minute songs. Portugal. I mean, the, the longest song. What is it? Six minutes. Maximum five. Oh. Minutes. Um. 
but when they play live, like how many bootlegs and stuff like that have you mm. watched and listened to? They they do, yeah, they do quite a few. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> so no, that's fair. So I, I mean, I'm just I'm going to enjoy it. To be honest, I'm probably just going to be like just roll into it. I'll probably not know what the first like few seconds is going on, and then I'll be straight in there, probably singing along badly, poorly, out of tune. But I mean. As it should be, though. Whatever you gotta do to have fun, man. That's, like, what the band wants. I think that's what everybody should want. Um, and on that note, actually, like, in the show I filmed in September in Riverfront Park in Harrisburg, PA, uh, during a few of the tracks, there's, like, a girl that you can hear very clearly, like, singing, kind of screaming along to some of the words. And there were a lot of comments on YouTube from people that were just, like, you know, you know rude about this girl. And I was deleting most of them because I had talked to the girl um, before, during, and after the show, and she was really nice. Uh, she was just super hyped up, and uh, I can't remember where she was from. She was from somewhere where she said that, like, that's just how people are, somewhere in South America, where when they go to shows, they just go all out for it, and uh, I respected it, and it's funny watching that show now and hearing her just because I just remember how much fun she was having and how much fun I was having, so for me, it's just, like, part of that experience, and that's with any live show, just being around other people and having fun and letting loose is what it's all about. And I was telling people who were commenting, like, rude comments, like, look, this this girl paid for tickets to come see the show and have fun. Like, she should have fun however she wants. Like, nobody should have to, like, I'm not going to be like, you ruined my video because that's not what it was about. Like, no, I'm just there to... Re yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, you're there to, to capture the moment. And, you know, that's what's happening. That's in the moment. I mean... They do... So, the last two times I've seen them, they opened with a medley of For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica, uh, South of Heaven by Slayer, and then Cowboys from Hell by Pantera. But it's, like, awesome, because if you, if you watch that video, when they transition into South of Heaven by Slayer, you can hear the girl just start screaming, like, bloody murder. And it's just awesome, because my fiancé and I joke, like, yeah, once they start playing Slayer, this girl's soul was just, like, being ripped from her body, because that's what it sounds like. You've just got this, like, awesome heavy metal with, like, John shredding when his wah pedal going, and then just this girl just, like, screaming. And, I mean, it's awesome. I guess... When I listen back to this, I'm going to be like, well, that sounds kind of scary. But no, it's not scary. It was just an awesome experience. No, no, definitely not. Awesome. All right. Let's move on to a couple of sort of like smaller, couple, couple of, kind of like warm-up topics. Um, something, first one, I just wanted to sort of talk about briefly. Um, my plan when doing the podcast, Josh, uh, ideally was to have like a couple of episodes, kind of like, like a look back, kind of like a recent look back couple of episodes just talking, you know, just like hanging out, seeing, you know, seeing what happens, see what people like about the show. And then my idea was every episode we can do an album retrospective because there's a lot to go through, to be fair. So I've got plenty of content to cover. So I think next episode we'll be doing a Way to Vultures retrospective. Um, okay. How much of a deep dive I'm going to go into? But it's we're going to try and go deep. We're going to try and go deep try and get, like, a little bit of, like, lore dug out of it, try and find, like, any history, um, how long it took to record everything, talk about music. Well, one thing yeah. that you should look up 
for me if because you're going to be doing a little bit of research and stuff right mm, i'm gonna have to <laughs> i swear at one point i saw that on waiter you vultures that someone was credited in the liner notes as like their weed guy or something like that i don't know if i'm just crazy or if i just read that somewhere it was made up but i swear that at one point in time you could see where they had like credited someone as just like their weed guy in the liner notes for waiter um, anyone listening to this, if you know whether that's true or false, please let me know. I think it even used to be in the Wikipedia, so who knows, maybe it wasn't something official, but I, it's a mystery that I definitely, like, want the answer to. Weed Guy Weighty Vultures. I will put that one, keep an eye out for that one, I'll, I'll see if I can find anything on there. I mean, if it's on Wikipedia, I know it's easily editable, so maybe they added that yeah. to, like, to catch people out, but, hmm, I'll, uh... Yeah, I'll, I I think I know who I'm going to be having, going to have someone back on that one. Who uh, I mean, uh, oh, you got a whole team. You got a team of team of experts. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get people lined up for the shows and people who are passionate about each album to come back and talk about them. Um, I think that's the best way to do. It. If if you ever if you ever need a guest, I will be on the show as many times as you need, man. <laughs> I think what I might do is when the um, if there's like an album release. We'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later on. I'm, I'm not going to, like, spoil it too much, but I think we'll be doing uh, a multi-guest... No, I th- I've, I've got plans. I think we can do something cool, to be honest. Uh, I think it's a good time to celebrate. If this is the year, you know, can't keep waiting. Well, I can't keep... Yeah, like I said, I mean, I bought a hat at the Madison Square Garden show in April, and it literally has, like... I'm wearing my pee hat while we talk, but looking at this other hat... Uh, it's got like two roses and then all around it are the years that an, every album has been released so far, but it includes 2022. So like, I'm assuming if they put that on the hat, that it's definitely got to come out this year. And if not, then that hat is either worthless or more valuable than it was before. I'm not sure. But if they want that hat to be true, it's got to be this year. Got to be this year. Anyway, that was just my plan. Pardon me. Uh, sort of for the next couple of episodes, to be honest. I mean, we're gonna. Be, I'm. I'm trying to hit the one a month cadence. I might ramp it up if if people want more content. I'm gonna try and my best to sort of get it out to them as quickly as possible. If there's news to cover, I'll try and cover it. But yeah, retrospectives. We're gonna be starting with way to you vultures next episode, unless the album releases between now and the next episode, which this is this is. I wish. I, 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 I wish. <laughs> be awesome to hear. Um. Yeah. Anyway. That's what I've got planned for the future. Anyway. No, that sounds awesome. Thank you. Next little topic. I was watching a bit of Glastonbury today. Uh, big kind of, it's kind of our Coachella, if you will, in the UK. But maybe, yeah, it's, it's pretty similar. Maybe not as wacky. I don't know. If I, I know what it is. It's, it's a legendary festival. I am familiar with it. I just wasn't aware that it was going on. I know you guys have like Glastonbury and Reading, I think is another big one. Festival, yeah. That one as well. That one. Uh, I mean, the problem with Glastonbury is that's kind of, kind of closer to our our Florida. Kind of, it's like out. Oh shit! Very really posh place. It's basically it's in a farm. It's basically so it's literally farm track roads everywhere around, everywhere around it. Super muddy, but it's a hell of a time. Uh, I've never been because you know I'm I'm I, I just it's a hell of a drive to be honest to get there and yeah I love camping. And I can watch it all online. So, I mean, I might have to change my mind if someone else, if someone particular turns up. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I was, I was just, I was watching today, I was watching Hein, who were, um, 
Este and Daniel were credited with helping with the Evil Friends. If you look in the uh, the CD track, the vinyl track or whatever, they're actually credited for helping on there. So I've been following them for a long time as well, the Heim sisters, and uh, Kane Ricochet was on the drums. He was helping out. Which is pretty awesome to see. I, 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 yeah, I, I just surprisingly saw him. <laughs> so I've never really listened to Haim's music, but when Kane was drumming with PTM, I, he was going hard. Like, he was drumming hard, and I don't picture Haim being heavy music. So it's just uh, interesting to think that oh, Kane... They go kind of hard. Do they really? They go kind of hard, to be fair. Yeah, I, I mean... There's a few like slower jams, you know. They kind of have like kind of their most recent releases, very like '90s inspired. So it's a little bit more groovy, a little bit more. You can kind of picture it, but on some of them, they can go a little bit hard. To be fair, I mean, like Este is literally, you know, she was, you know, up in up in the face of the crowd and everything. It was a really good show, to be honest. Kind of wanted them to do an encore, but they didn't. And it was like, ah, that's annoying. But it was a really good show, to be fair. Yeah, festivals. Usually only the headliners do encores at festivals, unfortunately. It's just so strict with the timing and everything where they're told before they go on stage, like, you start at this time, you end at this time. You do not go over this time. If you do, we're just going to shut your sound off. This would have been, I think, the 40th or the 50th year anniversary because this was the set list for 2020. But obviously, there was a pandemic. They were going to be playing with Taylor Swift. So they probably would have done quite a longer, a bit more of a longer set, to be honest, because they're actually... Uh, they were pretty good friends with them, so... Uh, okay. Yeah, Kane could have been playing with Taylor Swift as well. <laughs> that yeah. would be... But good for him, though. I mean, he started off as just a child actor, and now he's, like, you know, yeah. going all across the globe, drumming with whoever needs a drummer. Whoever needs a drummer. I mean, he has his own band. I'm, pardon me, I'm forgetting the name. Um, yeah, it was just awesome. Because I, I saw him, and I was like, is that, is that Kane? No, it can't be. And it, yeah, different was. It hundred percent. Is he like, is he long hair cane or is he short hair cane at this point? Long hair. Uh, okay, long hair. Don't care. Nice. Yeah. Uh, if funny story about Kane and also kind of Kyle too is um, when the lineup changes and stuff happened where they kind of joined the band. I was still just kind of a dumb like eighteen or nineteen year old, and I remember almost kind of getting defensive. I think when I went to CPTM in 2012 and uh, Ryan Neighbors was no longer the keyboard player, it was Kyle, and then Kane was the drummer and Jason wasn't, and I just remember being like, man, these guys are a bunch of poser fakes, man, they're not really in the band, who are these guys? And then, uh, so he was with them the first time I saw them in 2011, um, it, the lineup in 2011 was John, Zach, Jason, uh, Ryan... And then they had, um, they might, so Zoe wasn't with them then. I, she, uh, she's sometimes with them, sometimes not. Yeah, she's always been in it, just not always live. Um, but then um, Noah was the fifth person that was playing with them that first time I saw them. And by the time 2012 came around, Noah, I think, had officially become a member. He wasn't just a touring member. Uh, they had brought Kyle in who I found out later on had already worked with the band way before. Like, he was always within the band's sphere. He just wasn't a member the whole time. And then... Uh, ...as well, to be fair. So maybe they connected. But yeah, I, I mean, John said this is essentially the original lineup, more or less. Like, everyone's been here yeah. at the start. So, yeah. Yeah, it's all people who have been in the circle. Like, you know, like you said, I mean, Kyle was in another band. I can't remember. Um, well, K-Kane is Weathered Underground. 
but I almost feel like they've said he's in another group, but I've seen pictures of them all touring together way back in like 04, 05, maybe even before that. So, again, I grew up a little bit and also found out that detail, and I was like, alright, I guess this Kyle guy is cool. <laughs> um, and then, uh, just the same with, just, yeah. But just the same with Kane as well. I mean, after seeing him play that first time, I was like, all right, well, that dude is pretty sick at drumming, so I think he can stay too. And especially as the Heim sisters were all drummers first. So obviously he's <laughs> got a high reputation of drummer. That they're bringing him on, you know. Yeah. I was being honest. I mean, he must Oh, yeah, for sure. He's high reputation. I mean, Jason's great. Love Jason. He's awesome. No qualms whatsoever with him. Kind of been blessed. Kind of been blessed, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I'd just. Um, I... Oh, sorry, yeah? No, that, I mean, that's cool. I was just going to say, talk about. So, um, it was Firefly 2014. If you know who Sky Ferreira is, she was supposed to be playing at like 3 o'clock or something. And then PTM was going to play on the same stage at like 4.45, like after her. Uh, and so my friend and I went to that stage to be at the front row, like on the barrier for it. And then Sky Ferreira ended up canceling for some reason. So there was just a bunch of dead time on that stage. So PTM's crew came out and they started getting set up like early. And I saw Jason come out and he's talking to one of the crew members on stage. And I just turned to my friend and I was like, Hey man, check this out. And then I don't know, how familiar are you with Family Guy? I've, I've watched like. 30, 40 episodes, probably more. Pretty, fam- pretty familiar. Way, way back in older episodes, there's a recurring joke where the son, Chris, had an evil monkey living in his closet, and the monkey would just kind of pop out real quick and just stare and point at him and then uh, give him this crazy look. Oh, yeah. But so that's what I did. I said to my friend, like, check this out, and I just turned and looked, and I just stared at Jason. I pointed up at him, just one finger pointing, and he's, like, just talking to this crew member, and then he's like, starts walking across the stage, and I just follow him with my hand, like, just pointing at him. And I could see him like turn and look and see me, and he kind of like made a funny face. And then he kept finishing like what he was doing. And then as soon as he was done talking, he turned and looked and saw I was still doing it. And he immediately just came right over, hopped off the stage, and was like chatting with my friend and I for a few minutes before uh, the show started. And uh, it was just hilarious that he did that. Uh, I thought maybe it would like scare him away, but I was like, hey, whatever, let's try this out. And the people around us in the oh, he's not like a pointed him like. The no, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then the people around us in the crowd as well, they just were, like, shocked. None of them even said anything because I think they just couldn't believe, like, this guy seriously just pointed at that dude and he came down here? Like, it's that easy? And it's like, yeah, Portugal and man are very easy to talk to if you kind of hang around and you're in the right spot at the right time. I don't know, I don't condone pointing at strangers, though, in public. That is a bit- I'd, I'd met him before. I met him before, so technically, not a stranger, although he probably didn't remember me. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, anyway, good to see Kane, uh, you know, doing bits. Yeah. Anyway, um, next topic, another small little one. Um, Beavis and Budhead. Uh, are you familiar with the show, Josh? I know it's a little bit. Uh, it's, it's what was it called? Beavis and Butthead. That's my English. Oh yeah, yeah. Bring it. No, you're fine. I'm yeah. very familiar with it. I know they're going to be bringing it back where they did bring it back. Hmm. Do you, do you know what? Do you know why they're bringing it back? <laughs> uh. Do you know? Is there a correct answer to that question? It might be a correct answer, but I believe Portugal the Man might be somewhat responsible. 
Uh, are we... I mean, I know... Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, I was gonna say, I, I know they've been opening their show for a few years now with uh, intro of Beavis and Butthead that Mike Judge created for them, and it's always hilarious seeing that and hearing the crowd laugh when they see that. So yeah, basically, since 2018, Coachella, uh, I mean, on a, an article came out very recently um, from via slashfilm.com. Odd name, it's not a film, they're not slashing any... Anyway... Uh, about the relationship of Beavis and Butthead and PTM. Believe it or not, uh, but if it wasn't for Coachella, Beavis and Butthead may have remained a retired relic of the yesteryear. This is quoted from SlashFilm.com. This is not my words. What? That's crazy. Yeah, apparently so, according to this website, which I'm, you know, giving them quite a bit of hype for. <laughs> and we have the band, Portugal the Man, to thank for this make uh, for making it happen. Later on in the article, it goes on to say, while many people like likely spend their free time perfect their cartoon imitations, Mike Judge is not one of those people. So Mike Judge, uh, as you just said, yeah, is the creator, and he, I believe he voices both the characters, doesn't he, as well? I think I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, he's not one of these kind of people. He's not going to sit around um, and do anything with his spare time. But uh, Portugal Man asked him to do an intro for them at Coachella. And it was like, yeah, awesome. And it's kind of perhaps it's revitalised them. So uh, yeah, it just I just I saw this pop up uh, on the socials, and I was like, yeah, I should probably mention this. Uh, that's pretty cool, you know. I mean, we, we they're getting around, you know. I mean, feel it still. Yeah, just, yeah it's having it doing still. the Lord's work. Doing the Lord's work. The Lord's of Portland. Well, <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, and another article that has come out. In the last couple of weeks, uh, it's called High Times, and it actually features Kyle and Jason from the band. Um, I'm not sure if you want to go through this. I'm, I might go through like the first couple of questions. No, yeah, I'm looking at the article right now. You're looking at it right now. Okay, so yeah, it's about, yeah, um, it's about the you know they talk about their live music and how they're touring with Alt J at the moment. I continue to do shows throughout the fall. They're supporting them. Um, yeah, Jason and Kyle. So they talk about them, uh, the passion for cannabis. <laughs> He's ultra. Okay, well, this is, yeah, they are really on the nose with this. The website is called High Times as well, which is very clever. Um, uh, the first one, High Times. Starting from childhood, did you guys always know you wanted to be musicians? And Jason goes on to say, you know, music seemed to be everything to me. Uh, it was just kind of his thing. He would take pencils, pens you know, bang on the books and drums, play kind of like a, you know, drum kit sort of thing. Uh, fast forward to the 90s, because, you know, he's older than that. <laughs> he got his own yeah. kit. Uh, yeah, and it kind of continued from there. And Kyle, who, you know, his background is classical music. I mean, during the pandemic, he was doing, like, Kyle's... Uh... God, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't think of what he was calling it, though, but he was doing the cool little... He and Eric both were doing cool little, like, uh, sessions and stuff like that. Yeah, you could yeah. tune into. There might have been a live stream who were there. I mean, yeah, Eric was doing guitar lessons or something on the guitar as well, and Kyle was doing stuff classical piano basically. But yeah, basically he's been learning it, uh, started playing it at the age of six. Remembered, I, he quote a quote said here. Uh, I remember I learned how to read music when I started. I learned how to read English. So basically, it's kind of bread and butter his forte. Um, anyway, they go. I mean. Yeah, there's a there's a whole article in there. I might just link this to be honest because this is quite long. Uh, here's here's another one I'm going to read. Uh, Does weed impact your creative process? Then, in terms of creating new music, not necessarily performing it live. And um, Kyle says they call it the Seattle Speedball. 
Uh, <laughs> probably prefer. I've, I've, I'm not sure what. I've, oh, okay, pardon me. I've, I've missed something else he's put here. Uh, it's a very fine line conversation. At the end of the day, I don't really promote that people need drugs to be creative, and I don't think that's a source of my creativity. Come on, Kyle, you're a bit. Come on. Uh, but I will say, if you're, if we're down in the basement all day recording, not smoking weed, and we call it for a night, I'll go upstairs and get stoned and be like, I want to go back down and pull that out for a couple of hours. It gives me that little extra boost sometimes to put in the little extra work. It's just extra credit. So essentially... I can... Yeah, I can relate to that. Oh, 100%. I know exactly what Kyle's talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is... Yep. Um, he goes on to say, uh, yeah, that was from like 2007, to be fair. But I know that they, you know, he just like to get lit up <laughs> to be fair yeah are there, are there any quotes that you want to pluck out from this one? Oh, let me see here jason says it's called the baltimore experience uh we were in baltimore playing a gig called the auto bar and kyle and i were kicking it in the van it was around 5 p.m still light out and we're just roasting a joint because this is in the era where you've got no money and you're killing time so we're smoking and someone comes up to the van and they're like Hey, are you guys ready to play? You're on in about 15 minutes. I was like, what? 15 minutes? I thought we had a couple of hours to kill, but didn't pay attention to the schedule. So I said, okay, cool. Let's just do this. I don't like to play this high, but I guess we can go for it. We played this gig, and the gig was going swimmingly. It was so amazing. We were feeling it. I was feeling it. I felt like John Bon. I, I think it must be John Bonham, but that's like a typo. It felt incredible. I was like, hell yeah, this is it. And then we get to the last song, our most challenging number at the time. It's got some progressive counts in it and a lot of starting, stopping, tempo changes, and all that nonsense. Here comes time for this musical break, and we crash out of this part, and then slowly but surely, everyone starts to look back at the drum kit. At me. And I'm like, uh, where are we? And the guys go, you know, right here, makes musical note sounds. And I'm like, but what do I do? I know you know what you're going to do, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And I just think that's absolutely hilarious probably wasn't for jason at the time but he seems to be laughing about it now and uh again just as someone that's a pretty frequent like smoker and i've never performed music in front of like a crowd or anything before but i do play like a few instruments and i absolutely know that exact feeling that he's describing of where you're kind of playing along in a song and then you just kind of get lost in it but then you get too lost in it and you all of a sudden have no idea like what you were just doing and what you were about to do uh, it just, it just, I could just read that. I, I can't do Jason's voice, um, but I could just, I can read that in his voice. It's like slow, kind of methodical, like he's saying it out, like, oh yeah, that's right, that part, and like, just, it's like, yeah, yeah, I can see that happening. I, I'm reading that. That's like a Jason. God, I've never met the bloke, but yeah, it just kind of lines up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh, with with Kyle, I think I even saw a video on YouTube where. He might have been at, like, a really fancy dispensary or maybe, like, a farm or something where they grow weed. And he was just sitting at, like, a grand piano, I think, and smoking and then just playing, like, Mozart or Beethoven or something like that. And uh, that was just a really cool thing, seeing Kyle sort of off in what I almost want to say is his element, in a way. You know, the piano obviously seems like that's his main instrument. And just kind of see him chilling out, getting high, and playing classical music and stuff was... um, Oh, it was just pretty cool, and also for people who have a stigma about people who smoke weed, like, should ideally watch that video and be like, oh, this guy's, like, super well smoke it, 
spoken while smoking as well. Um, and then just a very talented musician and a smart person. Maybe, maybe potheads aren't so bad after all. Maybe not. No, I mean, I, I don't know. Every every country's got its own different like laws and regimented systems and everything. But it's a relaxant. I mean, is it going to cause that much trouble? And hey, if the government want to charge money, make some money out of it. Yes, so that's the weird thing uh, here in New York State. Like, it is legal, but it's still super new, so they don't have legitimate stores to go buy it from yet because there's uh, there's obviously going to be a special tax for it. But so currently, there's these places called sticker shops where what you do is you go in and you basically purchase a sticker and then they, like, give you weed with the sticker. Okay, so it's kind of like an under-the-table kind of, like... Sort of, yeah. This, really. Okay. Exactly. And it's just a very gray area loophole. And the idea of it seemed extremely suspicious, like sketchy to me. I thought it'd be like a honeypot where you walk in and then the cops just like, all right, pal, you're busted. You're trying to buy pot. But um, the one that I go to here in my town is straight up right across the street from the local police station. So I have to think that if they actually had an issue with it, they'd probably just walk across the street and shut it down. But it hasn't happened yet, so... I just want to read this one, this quote, uh, this this uh, this little part, and then we can, we can move on. I'll, I'll carry on with something, but I just want, I just want to almost wrap up with this article and this bit. High Times asks, in terms of perspective, what was the inspiration behind your upcoming album? So they're referencing it. Carla goes on to say, I feel like we're playing better than ever, and I'm super excited about our album coming out in June. Rip. Mm-hmm. Okay. That hurts. I mean, it's June 25th right now, as date of recording. I'm recording this one a little bit early, because I'm, you know, trying to get, you know, early, uh, <laughs> trying to be, become a little bit more prepared, a bit more organised. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Our song, What Me, goes on, uh, goes on to say, our song, What Me Worry, for all 90s kids. We grew up on Beavis and Butthead, Mad TV, I've, I've, Mad TV, I've heard of them as well. That that's that wasn't really big in the UK, but I've definitely heard of it. Yep, that was a classic. It was sort of like a poor man's SNL is how I looked at it when I was a kid. It was funny, but not quite the same. Way more like, well, I mean, SNL is a sketch show, but there's just something on Mad TV where it's slightly different. I almost want to say like a little more edgy, maybe a little less like pop culture references and a lot more pre-recorded stuff as opposed to doing it all live. Hmm. Okay. It goes on to say uh, that basically they were a huge influence on them, and especially in these times right now, we're just trying to bring positive vibes, positive vibes to the world. I don't think Kyle wrote that. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. I don't think he. Maybe he did. I don't know. That doesn't sound like Kyle. Uh, anyway, we're getting all of it. We're getting a little bit tired of all the negativity. People want to smile. If you're not having a good time as performers, how are the other people supposed to have a good time? Jason goes on to says, we were 80s and 90s kids. There you go. Uh, and, a lot of tang- and a lot of the tangible world seems to be disappearing. When you think about social media, what social media has done to people these uh, these days. It's made everyone a professor of nothing. <laughs> everyone has a push of a button, an opinion at, at a, you know, a, an opinion at a push of a button. I can't even read this. And it never used to be that way. When you're a kid, you're used to be able to go, what can I entertain myself with? Well, I guess I'll flip through what my parents or grandparents had, magazine selections, 
Hey, what's this? Mad Magazine. Cool. Fold the back page. Whoa, look what it does. We were the youthful power behind <laughs> why we've always done the music thing for our upcoming album. They've, they've mentioned this June. I don't think it's coming out in June. I'm going to be honest, Josh. It's... We've got six days left in June. Time to record. Nah, I'm not a, I'm not a bet man, but if I was, I would bet big money it's not coming out in June. John, in um, they did a, a recent radio live show, like a small crowd. I can't remember the. I, I think I referenced it on the last podcast. And Jason said, uh, "Yeah, it's coming out midsummer." And John was like, "Well, I think it's coming out late summer." So I think they're still. You know, John apparently is in Iceland at the moment. So. Yeah, and in the Discord, someone just said, um, "I think it might have even been like Henry, like H. Ramsey, said." that John's basically still in the studio kind of like reworking some things so I think that definitely confirms that it's not going to be out in June or probably July mm. I mean I would I'm before December 31st I'd be happy with that. <laughs> I'd be at this point I'm willing because you know they probably had stuff done two years ago wrapped up maybe even last year probably like definitely wrapped up but I reckon they're probably because of world events. I know John likes to kind of add in the lyrics at the end and make them very topical and relevant to what's going on with modern society. That's what he did with Woodstock. I think he did a little bit of that with Evil Friends. That's kind of why Doomin and Gloomin didn't come out because they were like, ah, this is a bit too negative. We kind of want to take things a different way, look at society and politics. You know, things, things change. And I'd rather them, you know, I'd rather them delay it and get it right you know, then sort of release it early and John goes, yeah, I don't love playing it live, to be honest. I, you know, yeah. I mean... I, oh, I know exactly what you mean. Mm -hmm. So yeah, anyway, that article from uh, High Times as well. Two articles. Hmm. I wonder if we'll get another two articles in the next month. I mean, if they release something. Yeah. Maybe. Even a single. I'm surprised we haven't gotten Grim Generation yet. Have you heard... I can't remember if you said you have or haven't heard Grim Generation. Heard Grim Generation, yeah, I do. I kind of like that, but I don't think it's the official version, so I'm kind of, yeah. you know, I've kind of unwrapped the Christmas present a little bit, but I've kind of put it back under the tree. I'm kind of waiting for, like, the moment, to be honest. Yeah. Like um, but it's... Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, no. oh well, when you're reading um, just the quotes you were, and where Kyle said... Um, and especially in these times right now, we're just trying to bring positive vibes to the world. We're getting a little bit tired of all the negativity. People want to smile. Um, so it's just funny because when we saw them in April and they played Grim Generation, there's just uh, something so unique about it to me where I feel like the subject matter of the song is kind of depressing in a way. It's just like a person acknowledging how kind of awful and hard things have become. But then the music itself is so upbeat and happy and makes you just want to dance that it's this cool juxtaposition of, you know, John singing about, um, like, this grim generation's got a hold on me um, mm -hmm. is basically the refrain. And you've got that image of, you know, someone almost succumbing to despair, but at the same time, they're, like, singing about it in the happiest way. And they just perform it so well. And uh, I, that's uh, just part of why I'm so excited to hear the official version as well as the album itself. Because, you know, everybody knows what's been going on in the world. Uh, I don't think there's really any place that's insulated from the things that have happened in the last few years. So I think we've all had, like, a rough ride. And I just think, you know, with the intro of Grim Generation, 
and it's what it's about it just makes me look forward to that album because i think that album is gonna it's gonna hit hard when it comes out yeah definitely i i am with you as well it's been the last two years have been testing they've been trying (sighs) yeah i don't know any i'm looking for any relief anything to be honest i don't know i think it's had probably more of an effect than we realize I mean, every time I don't even look at the news anymore. It's just, it's just bad, just bad news all the time. Bad people getting away with things. Bad, you know. Yeah, and it, it is tough. Yeah. Like you said, uh, not looking at the news. I, I wish I could do that, but I just they call it doom scrolling, and I, I feel like I just get stuck in that because it's either you doom scroll and just read all this stuff and get depressed, or you kind of. Don't read it and stick your head in the sand, but then but then what? And I feel like that's what the song Smile is kind of about. It's like there's all these awful things happening, and you've got the choice between either just kind of focusing on your own life and trying to tune all of it out and maybe finding happiness or, you know, continuing to acknowledge all the awful things in the world and doing what you can to try to not let it bring you down. That's part of what I think Smile and maybe even Evil Friends in general is about. I, I completely agree with you. I think... I'm I'm on the same train with you. The same track. Sorry. <laughs> Smile. Yeah, it definitely is the. Um, I mean, it's the closer of the album, but it definitely kind of wraps up that story about loss and love and difficulty of a man, which I've, I've talked about previously. I just think it's just you know, um, very meaningful, and I feel like you, you're absolutely right with that. Yeah. Uh, it's just that line. I just want to sleep with a smile tonight. I mean, that says it all. Like, I think everybody at this point feels that way. Like, I wish I could just go to sleep and not worry about, you know, it It was COVID. It might still be COVID. It might be about war. It might be about famine. It might be about having your, like, you know, civil rights or human rights, like, stripped away from you. It's like, every day when I go to bed, these are, like, the things that I'm, like, worrying about before I you know, drift off whatever uneasy dreams I'm about to have. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, maybe, maybe it's just the UK summer, but I just, yeah, just don't sleep as well. Don't sleep as well. And I wonder if it has anything to do with this just constant negativity because negative news sells as well. And you said you're not even on social media that much or at all. And the fact that you're... I mean, I'm on Reddit. That's enough. Reddit's enough. <laughs> you look at the news feed for that and... That's enough. That's the... T- oh, yeah. <laughs> this is enough. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at least with Reddit, it's I'm not seeing people who live in my small town and they're very, very stupid opinions, like uneducated, stupid opinions, usually bordering on hateful. Like, at least I avoid the more local stuff. Um, But yeah, just seeing it in any context is not easy. But that's the biggest reason why I got off Facebook. I was having way too many arguments with like older family members and stuff like that, just calling them out and everything saying like how can you feel that way or how can you think that or whatever and it just wasn't worth it to me anymore so i haven't logged on to facebook in a long time and i suggest everybody do the same i I, you know what i did i i moved it off my phone i like i didn't uninstall it but i removed it off like the the screens and i should do this with the other social medias and i'll be honest i don't use it i don't use it i just i haven't uninstalled it i haven't like deleted my accounts or anything but yeah move it from like that front screen the second screen every time you go to check your phone if it's not there yeah honestly it sounds no and that's how it started for me where i simply just took it off my phone so if i wanted to check it i'd have to actually go 
to like a web browser and log in that way and I have like multi-factor authentication so then I have to deal with that and I'm lazy so I'm just like I don't want to do that so guess I'm not using Facebook yeah um you know, people are leaving. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to go into a whole discussion about which social media people should be on and off, but, you know, <laughs> I would say regiment use, don't overdo it. I, I definitely got addicted at one point. I remember we came back from a family holiday and it was like seven in the morning. I was up for 30 hours and I thought, oh, I better check what's going on. And I literally was sat there and I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I mean, this was, you know, we're in the Great Depression of no PTM new stuff, but this was, you know, this was a different time. <laughs> this is a long no, time. Yeah. I had no excuse. <laughs> I mean, I think at this point, we've all been there where we just are eventually like, how long have I been sitting here just scrolling on my phone? I don't even know what I looked at the last hour I've been scrolling. I know, and it's bad. Then you start seeing the same things over and again. Oh, I just, yeah. I wonder if there'll be some yeah. media references because I don't know if you've heard of MGMT. Oh yeah, I love MGMT. I've seen them live twice. Oh nice. So with Little Dark Age, their previous re release, they have their songs called T-Slamp, which is time spent yep. looking at my phone. I mean, yep. she works out too much, which is about like, you know, modern age dating more or less. And I really connect with that one, to be honest. Because <laughs> I don't... Yeah, definitely a... <laughs> it's definitely a great album. Yeah, that is. A, I mean, they they definitely like highlight it, and I think Ben, one of the chaps on there, was like, "Yeah, literally, sometimes I'll just my phone." And eight minutes. That sounds like he's got it under control. Only eight minutes. I'm I'm every like thirty, which I, at work as well is just not productive. I've got to be. I'm you know, I don't know. I feel like we've all got a little bit of ADHD with it because we've got the, we've got we've got every answer to every question right in front of us right next to us why wouldn't you look at that we're we're animals that want to be you know intrigued by that i don't blame it at all i don't know i don't know I... yeah well plus like gi joe says knowledge is power and we've got like all of the knowledge accumulated by mankind in the palm of our hand or in our pocket so it's hard to look away from that like you said you can look up anything you want to know and you can have an answer from google in like less than 10 seconds probably yeah you know what? We have all this information, and yet I've never felt more uneducated and, to be honest, more dim. I just that's a that's a sign of intelligence, man. I can't remember who said it. Well, there was like Socrates or someone like that, but they said something along the lines of like the first step to like being intelligent is recognizing that you're like not, and you never will be. Like you can't know everything, but once you like embrace that you don't know anything, from there you can, like, start to learn. Yeah, but I think from the... I'm, I'm 25. When I hit 14, downhill. Downhill. <laughs> you know exactly what was going on at that point in my life as well. I don't need to go into the finer details, but basically I had two more years left of school. I didn't do... I just sort of was like, can I get C's and everything? Can I get past it? Yeah, all right, we're cracking on. All right, great. Fantastic. See you later. Thank you. College, do the bare minimum. Thank you. See you later. Get a job. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was just done. I don't know something about society, but anyway, this is. Are you talking about yourself or talking about me? Because that sounds pretty accurate to my life. Well, I'll see. I mean, you you hit all my major points. It was about the same thing. Just you know, I was always told by teachers and obviously my parents, uh, like, oh, you're so smart, you could do anything you want, and I think they were right. I could have, but I was the same way. I always did just the bare minimum I had to to pass. You know, went through college, 
just like, all right, C's get degrees, baby. And uh, yeah, now I've got a couple college degrees that I'm not using. And uh, yeah, just like, all right, well, yeah, exactly. Getting dusty at my parents' house, no less. I don't even have them in my possession. But uh, yeah, I mean, the thing for me, though, is especially once I started getting as into music as I am, and especially once I saw that first Portugal the Man show, it definitely, like, ignited a fire in my soul, so to speak, of, I was like, music is what I love. Like, this is just what I want. As long as I can go to live shows and, like, see live music, and like I said, I play music in my free time just for myself. As long as I can continue doing those things, I'll be happy. Mm. I, I mean, I just I just want to, I just want to sort of acknowledge that we've, we've talked about We've gone from you know an article about Beavis and Butthead to being high to talking about Socrates in about twenty minutes, which is quite incredible. I didn't think I'd make this kind of tangent, but we have, which I'm I'm fine with. To be honest, I don't know about you, Josh. I'm fine with this tangent. I'm just- I know I'm perfectly fine with it, but that's also. I mean, I feel like while we might not be discussing Portugal Man themselves, I feel like that is what their music is about, and that's part of what I love about it so much is while I might not, you know, derive the same meaning from it as maybe John meant it or as maybe other people take it, there's just so much in their lyrics that leaves a lot open to interpretation, but it's very fun. Um I know in the Discord yesterday or two days ago, I was just really, really baked listening to, like, Portugal the Man live at Firefly 2018. And during the All Your Light Jam, um, they do a little tidbit from the home, uh, and the lyrics that they do from the home are, I don't know what the palace knows but i don't run with sheep and the shepherd can't herd me yeah. uh, my feet ever slow in this age that it takes me i slip onto the mountains where nobody knows me and there's just something about those lines that are so beautiful almost just isn't it huge like i don't know what the palace knows but i don't run with sheep like that just sh- says it all I, and i relate to that because um, i think they're I don't know if they're necessarily atheist or agnostic or whatever, but I'm definitely not necessarily a believer in any sort of organized religion. So that line about just, like, I don't know what the palace, which I always took as, like, the church or maybe even just authority, like, whatever they think they know, cool for them. I, I don't believe it. And then the shepherd, I always thought of as being, like, you know, a priest or some sort of religious figure, like, they can't herd me, like, they can't get me, they can't spew whatever they believe. I am my own person with my own ideas and everything. And there's, like, really nothing that can stop that. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, they always do a, a Sunny in Philadelphia. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. They would do yep. the Dayman thing. Uh, yep, I've seen them do that a bunch of times. Yeah. Would they always link that into the home a little bit? I can um so i've never seen them do it with the home i've seen them do Dayman. Uh, it's led into so american a couple times and then when i just saw them in april um they played it after evil friends and it led into senseless off in the mountain in the cloud oh right oh okay i mean it's, it's yeah. a long little thing it's just something fun but yeah i don't know i don't know why for some reason i thought that's so much maybe they finished off with the home snippet and then went into Dayman, then went into So America. That's probably where I heard it from and where I'm connecting the dots. But um it's definitely possible because they've moved the home around to a few different places over the span of their career. Like on Oregon City Sessions, I'm pretty sure they have a snippet of the home um during how the leopard got its spots or something. 
And at the time that uh, Oregon City was recorded, I don't even think the home had been officially released yet. That came out in Satanic Satanist in 09, and I think Oregon City was recorded in 2007 or 8, I think 8. I think it. So yeah, they had used that same snippet before it was even officially released as a song. All right, giving us a little pre-tease. A bit like what they're doing with Grim Generation at the moment, then. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, one of uh, something I just hope you get to see them do live one day is their All Your Light Jam when they do it and it's like 15 minutes long. It's like top tier. Easily one of my favorite jams they've ever done. It's like a journey. It's crazy. Doesn't it? Let's be honest. That one. Yeah. Some of the, the live footage of that one, yeah, it goes hard. That might be... Uh, no, that's not the only one with two music videos because I know John did the Claymation one and then obviously they've got the kind of the sort of theatrical kind of music video where it's like the people living out on the desert or something and <laughs> there's a load of yeah I just I could... and i'm trying to remember if that one is the one that they did with rizza from wu-tang or if there's two versions of that live one you're talking about one where it's just the song and the other where it has rizza from wu-tang on it i know the one you're talking about though doesn't the girl end up with like her own decapitated head in like a grocery bag or something. I'm pretty sure it's like yeah, a part of that video. I mean, this is like 11 years old to be fair, so pardon me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Wu Tang as well. I actually do have another gaming tidbit. There's going to be a game development team um, that is working on a Wu Tang game at the moment. A fight. Oh, that's sick. Tang Clan, and it will be licensed music. And it's, um, I don't think there's like a release cadence for it, but I would think probably, you know, it's it's the, the kind of code name for it is leaked. And I kind of want to spread this out because I know John and the band, they're big Wu-Tang fans. I mean, if you listen to What Me Worry, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Their opening intro, um, it, it's kind of a, is it, uh, oh God, it, it's very reminiscent of old dirty... Yeah, ODB, old dirty bastards. That's it. I was thinking, Mike, for some reason. Um, yeah, that's, so yeah, uh, Wu Tang fighting game. Uh, that'd be fun, actually. The lore is there. That sounds sick. I mean, enter the 36 chambers. That sounds like it's going to be awesome. I mean, I mean I, it'd be nice to, for it to come out. I wonder if, uh, wonder if PTM could, like, work on, jump on that one. Maybe they know about it already. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, music is something that is done in games kind of in the middle towards the beginning you know it's not like a kind of last minute thing so oh, i wonder i mean they're, they're pretty big fans so yeah anyway. you know and it's uh music and video games i think is at a very young age before i even knew it i was destined to become into music i just remember playing the original tony hawk pro skater on the n64 i would have been like five or six years old and when you first turn it on a song by a band called the dead kennedys um their song police truck plays and i know portugal the man um zach and Eric, I guess, when they're in a band in high school, they cover, um, I can't remember what Dead Kennedy song, maybe like California, Uber Alice, or Holiday in Cambodia. But either way, I know they were Dead Kennedy fans, and again, just the soundtrack of that game was hugely influential. You even said that's what got you into PTM, was got it all in um, FIFA, right? Yeah, I mean, that was just kind of exposure, to be honest, my first bit, because obviously they were an American band, they were really big in Germany first that was kind of where they sort of landed first and then the kind of the northwest didn't really do anything in england to be honest never really sort of broke apart from zoe being from sheffield 
Um, <laughs> that's about it, really. Yeah. So, Would you say it's still the same? Like, I mean, when Feel It Still was a hugely popular song, was it as popular, like, where you live as, you know, elsewhere? No, I mean, now I, tell, I ask people and I'm like, yeah, but can you name a different song? <laughs> that's the game. It's like, yeah, but can you name yeah. a different song? I think a lot of people have heard of it over here now. I think the I think I don't think people they're not like mainstream, but I feel like enough people are like oh yeah, I think it's like that. I think they're like oh yeah, they've been on a few talk shows, they've done a few things, but again, they're not at Glastonbury, they're not doing the big UK tours because I don't know, maybe they're just not that big. I, I'll find out. I don't know. I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah, it it did bits over here. I remember being in a cafe in London. And I remember it came on, feel it still, and I was like, damn, they've made it. <laughs> just random places. Just like, yep. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yep. But yeah, I, anyway, um, I'm not even sure what we're talking about there. Talk about being high. Yeah, yeah again, another great tangent. <laughs> anyway. You were talking about the Wu-Tang game, um, and we were talking about them covering songs before that. I have the memory of a goldfish. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, kind of the sort of, I, don't, I think we're all good on Wu Tang and getting high. I think. <laughs> Any yeah, I just uh, Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to f with people. Don't forget that. Got to be careful out there. I think we could end with that uh, talking about Wu Tang. Definitely, definitely. Uh, look forward to that one. Um, I'll see if I can find any articles on it because. I don't know the guy, but I DM the guy that kind of like found the code name for it, and it was like, oh yeah, it's a Wu Tang fighting game by such and such studio. So I'll look into it. I know there's a little bit of crossover with our community, so I might dig that one out. Yeah. Anyway, excellent. Um, yeah, kind of the last major topic, kind of the main thing. We've kind of glanced at a little bit already. Um, I just want to know who's changed your life, Josh? Who? Who's changed your life? Yeah, who? Anyone? Anyone in particular? Man. I think everybody to a degree, you know, I think everyone you come across in any capacity in some way has the potential to change your life, you know, saying the right thing at the right time can just alter the way you think. Um, but I mean, biggest one I've already said before, is just that first time I saw Portugal, the man, it was just a watershed moment in my life. And I mean, part of it was because I got to meet them all on accident, like the very first time seeing them before the show. And uh, to an 18-year-old kid from, like, the middle of nowhere, kind of, having that experience as your, like, first concert uh, was just incredible and obviously ignited, like, a lifelong love in the band and, like, support for the band and everything. Um, so I just got really lucky with that and just them being so cool and so nice to, again, just some dorky, scrawny kid from the middle of nowhere um, just definitely affected the way I look at things, kind of. I mean, to me, I was like, these guys are like rock and roll gods which they made it very clear that they're not <laughs> um, they made it clear that they're just a couple of regular dudes but just having these people that i looked up to as idols treat me as just an equal and be so cool to me was just a very uh, awesome experience so they they changed your life but who do you reckon changed their life and do you think it was chris black I think so. I think they've been uh, pretty clear about that, and I could see I could see him changing someone's life. Um, when I saw them in 2016 in Ithaca, New York, at Cornell University, uh, Chris was like emceeing on that tour, and he just seemed like such a fun, cool, like kind guy again. Because obviously, I think they just surround themselves with the coolest people. With the white and um, yeah, yeah, him just coming out, like I said, emceeing during the set, it was just an awesome little thing added on there because they're already a great band live. 
but then having him come out and spit some jokes and say some things, just get the crowd hyped up was like a really awesome experience. And seeing the way that they talked about him on that tour, um, they obviously thought very highly of him as well. And so I can't speak as to like personally what he might've done for them other than just being cool as hell that like, you know, formed the vision of him that they have. But um, I think totally earned and I see where they're coming from with, what they say. I think one of the Portrait of the Man shirts I have even says something about Chris Black on the back of it. Yeah, I think I know the one you mean, but I, oh, they've done so many, to be fair, and, you know, they come in and out of stock, but... Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I, I say that, I asked that to say this, it's been rumoured and potentially leaked that album number eight, nine? I'm losing count now. I think it's eight, like, mainline ones. Um might be called Chris Black Changed My Life. Now, this is going to come across the internet. I think the, the there's like a Brazilian fan page on Twitter, a PTBR fan, I think he's like Portuguese or Brazilian. He covered this, or they covered this, um, and that brought it to my attention. They're normally quite a good little source from like little tidbits and bits like that. Um, okay. Yeah, Chris Black Changed My Life might be the new album. It might be. It could be complete nonsense, but it's, you know... The most recent thing, it's got a little bit of hype fire to it. Um, I think that's yeah. See it. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be an awesome title for the album. I think it would be just a little bit to honor, it's like someone who obviously meant a lot to the band. Um, but then we were talking earlier where you said you try to think about things. I, I think you said like mathematically, whereas I'm definitely not a math person, but I do try to think analytically. And, uh, you know, push me the man. They're signed to Atlantic Records now. Like, they're on a major label. And when you're on a major label, I feel like, to a degree, there's, like, a game that you have to play. And so while I think it would be awesome if the album is called Chris Black Changed My Life, I just wonder if some suit in an office somewhere is going to have that, like, drop on his desk. And he's going to go, like, yes, this is what the kids are going to love. They don't know who Chris Black is, but I bet they'll love this album title. Like, if that makes sense. Though, so, I think that, that's... I can see why you'd say that, but I'd say... Woodstock is something that happened 30, 40... How many years ago? I know it's still, you know, slightly more relevant, but... also it's Yeah, especially in 2019, that was just supposed to be, what, like the 50th anniversary of Woodstock? Mm. And they were actually planning on holding Woodstock, and it was going to be like 20 minutes away from where I live. So I was super hype about that anniversary because Portugal the Man was supposed to be there. So I was like, nice, I get to see my favorite band at Woodstock, 20 minutes from my house, and they just released an album called Woodstock. That's going to be a crazy, crazy experience, but then it never happened, so I didn't get to live through that. But um, I see what you're saying, and I agree. I think for sure it would be an awesome thing for them to do, but I always just get this kind of like fear, like with some suit and tie in an office, allow that basically because are they going to want to put all sorts of money into advertising something that you know the general public might look at and be like well i don't know who that is or what that is so i'm just gonna keep keep going by yeah it kind of to me i'm not the Kanye fan it kind of sounds like something he would do it was like this thing this thing changed my life you know this 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 happened to me pay attention to it. This is something important and people draw onto that. I mean, obviously I know Chris Black. I've never had the opportunity to meet him, unfortunately. Um, I don't know I don't know about yourself if you've ever had an opportunity to meet him. 
Uh, um, so I didn't meet him personally at that show. Uh, I did talk to like John and stuff at that show, but um, oh nice. Just on stage, his presence, like the way they talk about him, seems one hundred percent legit. That's the impression I got. He's just a good dude. Like the energy that he gave off on stage was just awesome. Yeah, I mean, it would be a good homage to him, I think, as well. Especially. Oh, yeah. for sure. And that's part of what I think is so cool, is them honoring him in that way. And I, 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 can, see, I, I can see it being taken the wrong way as well. But, like, ooh, they're just, you know, they're showing this, this guy, for whatever reason, who's not too popular and, you know, well, well maybe he, you know, not as well-known, I should say. Popular is completely wrong word, but... You know, there's been a lot of problems in the US with policing and, you know, how black people are treated with police. And maybe I think that's a good light to shine on of like, you know, this is... Yo, for sure. Coming at it from that angle. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And then, um, but then it's like, hopefully if they go that route, they've got like the songs to back it up as well. Mm -hmm. Like, if they're going to kind of start leaning into that sort of messaging, which I would be all for, mm -hmm. I hope... I hope they, like, go the distance, you know? I hope they don't really, like, sugarcoat it, if that makes sense. I hope they wear their heart on their sleeve, so to speak. Uh, def definitely. And, I mean, I... Look, I can... I, I, don't, I think it'd be a good homage. I'm just ready for something new. They can call it um, anything they want. They could call it what we want. They, I don't really care. They can call it anything. I'll enjoy it. I don't think I'm going to... That wasn't on the track list. Did you see that? I think "What Me Worry" was not included on that track list. Yeah. How how many how many tracks were on that track list? To be fair, I want to say it's somewhere between like ten and twelve. Yeah, I think John, maybe a little more. A couple of years ago, I think John said the the preliminary thing was like something around the fourteen to fifteen mark, maybe twelve to fifteen. So maybe they cut mm -hmm. a few things, and maybe they were like, "Well, I don't know." Maybe they were like, "This is a single. This is this is our." I don't know. It's. I mean. We're not going to know now. Or maybe they do like a Beast yeah. remixes album afterwards. I know, like you mentioned, Tame Impala previously. I know they he's done a couple of them. Um, yeah, even some comparing to Tame because I was about to bring that up as well. Mm. Before the Slow Rush came out, um, Tame had released Patience, yep. and then Borderline, and uh, Patience ended up not even making on the album. And I feel like I've read that part of the reason why is because the initial reaction to it from the fans was like over like i guess overwhelmingly negative i don't know why i thought patience was a great song but so that's part of why yeah i read that's why he didn't put it onto the slow rock mm. but then we get a two minute track where half of it's a podcast anyway um <laughs> yeah and, and I'm, I'm anyway we're not going to deep dive into the slow rush anyway that's two years old plus and not to do with this but yeah i know what you mean but again i, I quite like to see it like a B-sides, maybe some like singles. Maybe maybe What Me Worry doesn't fit. I think they're trying to do a concept album. I've got a theory. I reckon it's tr they're trying to aim for a concept album. And I feel like if it's not linking in perfectly, we'll have it ready, see what happens. You know, that's that's about, maybe it's like their backup option. I don't know. Maybe. No, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. It was probably like, let's put this out see where it goes and then we'll decide what to do from there and it seemed like the response was kind of lukewarm i know my initial reaction to what me worry is i didn't hate it it was very similar to how i felt about woodstock at first where i was like i don't know the last like 15 seconds of what me worry are awesome yeah where it just gets all weird like i'm super into that 
Um, but then also, I'm one of those people where sometimes seeing something live will like change my opinion of it, and definitely seeing them play What Me Worry live, I was like, okay, this is like a pretty fun song. I, I can get down with this. So when I did see it not on that track list or on that album, I was kind of like, oh man, that's a bummer. But I still have the song, so it's not like they're taking it away. Yeah, they're not. They're not taking it away. Definitely. Not. I think I'm on the same. Again, I'm in the same category as you. As it's actually grown on me. To be fair, I actually like it a lot more now than the first day I heard it. The first day I heard it, I was like, uh, yeah, it's good. But now I'm like, yeah, this is really good. <laughs> I really like it. I like the layers. I like the deepness to it. I like the references they throw in there. Uh, if they put it in, if they don't, I can still enjoy it. I can still enjoy it, you know? I, I, yep. I don't know. I've, I've got like an ongoing joke with a friend of mine about the Steal My Sunshine song. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunny day here and then in the UK and then the day after it isn't. I'll just put it in our group chat. Someone stole my sunshine, and they just do them. They love it. They've got no idea what it's about. And I just I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that's awesome. I, I that song is very upbeat for like. Um, and uh, that kind of ties into um, how you're talking about concept album, mm. where I could totally be wrong on this, but I feel like that's the '90s and everything is kind of the direction that they're taking things. And I mean, the, the interview we just read from High Times. Um, they mentioned being kids of the 80s and 90s. They mentioned Mad TV, Beavis and Butthead. They covered Steal My, Shun- Steal My Sunshine by Len. And then I can't remember what the B-side to that single was, but I think it was another like 90s song. Um, the Novocaine. Um, I'm forgetting what it's called now. No, it's-, it's something Novocaine sounds right. They did, they did but- a song with Cherry Glazer. I think that's... Which was Steal My Sunshine, yeah. Oh. Okay, right. I am. And the other one was with the other opening act that they started the tour with Alt-J with. Um, I can't remember who that was off the top of my head. Oh, but, well, I was talking about how I feel like they've just been so influenced by the 90s that I'm hoping that in an, I guess, overt way makes its way into the album, just because I mentioned the songs already that I did. And then live, um, they were covering... Uh, in Bloom by Nirvana, which I mean, huge 90s song. Mm. Um, so it seems like, oh, uh, yeah, I just feel like they're very in that period, or at least they were at one point. And so I'll just be excited to see if they do kind of take their sound in that sort of 90s alternative direction. Mm. The song was Novocaine for the Soul, featuring Sir Chloe. Yep, Sir Chloe, that's who... Yeah, yeah. I I completely gone blank. I really like the Steal My Sunshine. And you said that's a cover. Yeah, I had those classic nineties hit. I had no idea. I had no idea. I've just been enjoying that nevertheless. <laughs> I've literally wow. Okay, I feel really. <laughs> I feel a little silly now. <laughs> those were those were both covers, and that was like the whole point of uh, the single. And um, I think it was also tomorrow. Yeah, and I hadn't thought about this, but they released that single, I think, the day before I saw them in Riverfront Park in Harrisburg in September 21. Um, and 24th that came out. Yeah, and I think I saw them the 25th or the 26th. But they didn't announce the Alt-J tour, I don't think, until October or maybe November. Um, so it's interesting to me that they released a single with the opening acts from that tour, but it was before that tour had even been like discussed in public. Okay, so we're we're sitting here, end of June. Album's coming out in June, apparently. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> ideas of concept album. 
won't be worried not in it. it kind of feels like you're right there is something missing you know it feels like um i don't know it feels like another single or two could come out i mean i i definitely don't need the whole album to come out before the album comes out I definitely like tease us give us a couple of little drops you know and then just bring it out. well uh, that's what they've done before and that's why i feel like we're just not there yet um yeah, because yeah. Uh, full disclosure obviously i'm sure it's clear at this point portugal the man ride or die my favorite band forever but they're not beyonce you know beyonce can just drop an album out of nowhere and then everybody's talking about it within 30 seconds and it's like breaking records for how many people have bought it or downloaded it or streamed it whereas unfortunately while they deserve it portugal the man doesn't have that huge of an audience i guess so I feel like they can't really afford to do that. And I'm sure Atlantic at this point probably wouldn't really want to do that because they've invested in the band at this point and they don't want to be like, Hey, we just like paid for you to record this album and go on this tour or whatever. Yeah. Let's just drop the album with no promotion whatsoever and hope people find it and listen to it. Like, I'm sure that'll go well. I just don't think that's how it's going to work again. I could be wrong, John, Everybody, if you listen to this, don't take offense. You guys are amazing. I'm just saying, I don't think they would benefit from a surprise drop. Like, I know people like Beyonce or other huge artists, uh, contemporary artists have done. I just don't think it would work. I reckon... I mean, summer is technically up to September the 20-something? 22nd? 21st or 23rd, I think. Just had the summer solstice about a couple of days ago, which... Yep. Longest day of the year. Um, yep. I, I, I mean, t September, yeah, that could work. If something comes out in July, maybe something comes out in August, and they go after that uh, second song that comes out in August. This is all like... Yeah. But I mean, Grim Generation to me... Yeah, that uh, Grim, Grim Generation gives off kind of like autumn-y vibes. When I first heard it, I was like, okay, either this comes out in like April or May to try to capitalize on getting like that summertime radio airplay because it is kind of a light fun song but then it also did kind of give off like a late autumn day or early autumn day i mean where it's still pretty nice out kind of vibe um but when i saw them live in april have you seen how john was doing like the face paint and everything like that yeah they've all been uh yeah, they've been painting not just him everyone so oh so they didn't all do it at every show but John had done it um, by the time I saw them at Madison Square Garden. John was the only one who had the face paint on. But I noticed, and I don't know if this was intentional, and I'd asked him, but he didn't really answer. I don't know if he didn't want to give too much away. But uh, he did kind of mention that he's developing like a character. It's like an idea he's interested in going in. And he's done similar things before, where I know in interviews in the past he's talked about. He'll put on like the frames like the glasses that aren't actually glasses and stuff or he'll kind of wear kind of wacky stuff just because obviously he's got a bit of stage fright and so becoming a character helps him handle that a little more and so i think that's what he was doing at first with the face paint is he was just kind of you know creating like an alter ego he could become when he's on stage to be a little more comfortable but so the face paint he had on at least when i saw them at madison square garden totally he looked like a skeleton and so to me i'm hearing this skeleton sing grim generation a song about like all this darkness and everything in such a happy way and that was just a crazy visual to me as well as like an audio auditory experience and i'd mentioned that to him after the show just it was this real, really beautiful moment where the song is ending and it gets really kind of light 
And um, it's just John singing pretty much with the music fading out and the camera that I think it was McClay had walking around the stage just kind of zoomed in on John. And like I said, it just looked like a skeleton's face. So I could totally see it being like an autumn kind of thing and capitalizing maybe on, you know, being a Halloween party jam or something like that. Mm. I kind of get that. That could work as well. You have a right, though. I mean, as a fan, you've invested in the band. You know, that's how I look at it. And that's part of why I got into buying vinyl back in like 2014 is because it's just another way to support the band. Um, I currently, I, I do use Apple Music, but I've never used Spotify and I only started using Apple Music because I was buying so much music through iTunes when I was in college. I was just getting to a point where I like pretty much couldn't afford it anymore. So I held out as long as I could, but then I was like, okay, like, how about I just pay for Apple Music, stream whatever I want, but then when I really like a band or an artist, I'll buy their vinyls or I'll buy like merch just straight from their website to support them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I kind of similar. I held out until... Maybe like 2018, late 2018, like stream listening, like Spotify and things like that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's about when I made the transition as well. And then shortly after I did, um, there was a headline came out like a week later that Apple was going to be discontinuing iTunes. And I like felt personally responsible. I was like, oh, man, I stopped spending like 80 bucks on iTunes every month. And now they're just shutting it down. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're losing uh, £320 <laughs> a month here. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, the corpse of Steve Jobs must have risen from his grave and been like, all right, shut it down. The way the, the, way the world is at the moment, the way, you know, it's a sign of the times. It's how things are now. Everything is digital. Yeah, yeah but so back to what you were saying, there's nothing wrong, and I don't think people should feel guilty for wanting, like, something new. Just like content. <laughs> talking about that would be nice. <laughs> and uh, I was going to recommend, I don't know how deep you've dived into, like, the amount of bootlegs and stuff that there are, but I highly suggest checking out the archive and go back and listen to a lot of live performances because that's... I'm not that upset about the wait for the album because there are so many amazing performances to go back and listen to um, that it's always just fresh. You never have to listen to the same thing repeatedly. I do. I like to listen to the shows that I've gone to and shows that I've recorded because it puts me back in that moment. But for someone such as yourself who hasn't been able to go to a show, there's just so many bootlegs and stuff out there that I just couldn't recommend enough. And I think that kind of will you know, scratch that itch a little bit, hopefully. Maybe make it a little easier to wait. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've, definitely, I've definitely watched a couple of bootleg shows, but... Again, I haven't I haven't dived too much deep into it, especially with um at the moment I you know, I I just went to see Pond and then I was like watching a couple of their yeah. bootleg shows to kinda of get you back into them and then uh with Clastonbury as well I'm now but it's just kinda of reinvited reinvitalized for those kind of you know, what's been played yeah. this weekend. And then uh, you know what, I can wait. I, I said this year. I'd be if it came out this year I'd be happy. I'd be content. I mean it's it's just it's been five years. And, you know, if you didn't love Woodstock, it's been since 2013, since something. You know, and I love- yeah, and it is crazy to think about it like that. The way you just put it is crazy. Where, yeah, like, if you didn't like Woodstock, hopefully you liked Evil Friends. Because, yeah, it's been about 10 years. You didn't like Evil Friends, I don't think you're there. <laughs> I don't think you should wait until yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing that meme where it's like... Uh, 
the parent in a pool holding one kid and then there's a kid in the inner tube like crying and then there's just something at the bottom of the pool like oh, sitting there yeah. like i'm just picturing that being in the mountain in the cloud you got evil friends up in the inner tube and then you got the parent holding up woodstock <laughs> oh god i know exactly the one you, yeah i know the one you, i love that one <laughs> um yeah. any any closing thoughts on chris black changed my life uh rumored album thing I, um could be complete nonsense in a week's time no but i don't know it's something to go off i wanted to cover it no yeah i like i said i think it's an awesome amazing idea and i hope it works out but i do have some like just will will atlantic let them do that because it's the big thing when you sign to a major label unless you're raking in like tons and tons of money i feel like you kind of just have to play the game by their rules that they set to a degree. And so I think it'd be a great idea, but clearly I don't know enough about the music industry. Otherwise I would probably be that person behind the desk making those decisions. I don't know anything about it as well. I thought I knew something, but all I know is every time that like, you know, like a, like a Apple music does like a, Oh, you've listened to these people for the amount of years. Spotify does something. I see one of the chaps from jungle was like, yeah, we actually make like a penny for every four listens. So don't go like, like, you know, don't stop popping bottles because you listened to us for 60,000 hours. You made us about six quid. You know, yeah, right? That's the insane thing about it. It's disgusting, isn't it? I, I, don't, I don't understand. It's like a back and forth where, yeah, Spotify might help the artist get more exposure. But on the same thing, like, if artists just didn't use Spotify, then Spotify wouldn't exist. Like, if bands were like, okay, I'm not going to license my music to you, then Spotify wouldn't exist. I feel like there should be more of a back and forth more of a give and take between the artists and the platform as opposed to just the platform like all corporations being this monolithic entity that's like ah you're making the money for us bub like we'll give you the scraps whatever's left over yeah i've again we're not going to go into a whole like economic discussion about how these streaming services work but basically if they if they quadrupled you know basically what they made from like a premium listener even a penny per listen or like a, a cent per listen. It's not right. You could listen to a whole album for like, you know, 10 times for like under a dollar. How does that? That's, yeah. not, that's not right, is it really? But um, no. they, they, I suppose it's better than them having everything illegally taken from them. So I don't know. There's there's a little bit of a ground there where you have this sort of, I don't know. It's not right. But is it going to get any better anytime soon? I don't know. I don't know because if Spotify probably not Apple Music and you still got YouTube music, yeah and you still got Deezer and you still got I know SoundCloud is a bit different but but again that's why I try to go out and see bands and pay you know like pay for the tickets pay for the merch from either their official website or from their merch table at the show yeah because that's just the easiest way to get the money directly to them if you really like a band and want to support them that's the way to do it make sure you're sending the money straight to them and not through some like third-party service that's taking a cut or something like that oh, god yeah it was, it was i went to a show just before the pandemic like in march of 2020 at the time oh you beat me man you're the first person i've met i saw a show mid-february 2020 and that was like I was like thankful at least I got to see a show in 2020 oh, but you cut it real close March 4th I went to see the group love in London oh nice I've seen them a couple times yeah they are 
they're a fun watch. <laughs> they just yep. got a UK label, and they were like, oh, while we're signing the details, we're going to do a show in London. And it was literally like a brand new venue as well. Like, they had done one warm-up show, and this was their first show. I literally was talking to one of the guys behind the bar. It's like, yeah, it's our, like, first opening night. We're really positive. And then, like, two weeks later, I'm like, man, he's probably lost his job. Man. Yeah, that sucks. But I did see someone I follow online uh, actually saw a show there recently. So I'm like, thank goodness that place is still open because it's a nice new venue, you know, probably like a six, 700 cap room, maybe like 800. Okay. It's good to see a room like that still open, you know, like new venue. Yeah, because like I said, I mean, the place I used to go to that was closest to where I live was about 45 minutes away. Um, and it got shut down like shortly after all the lockdowns and everything. I think they were already cutting cutting their margins pretty close and once they couldn't do anything anymore that was just game over for them so they sold and then like i said it's just been completely torn down and it's just a parking lot for a hospital or something now um and the dude who promoted out of there has said that he's going to reopen the venue somewhere else but that was like a year ago he said he's going to do that and i haven't heard anything else so i don't know if it's going to happen or not yeah anyway um We'll obviously pay close attention to anything that happens with a new album. Um, I mean, you'll hear about it here. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I can say yeah. I'm certain. Um, yeah, hopefully we get more details. I remember I did, on one of the Reddits, uh, I, I asked John, I was like, so how many tracks on the new album? And he did say between 12 and 15. So if it's 12, I mean, it could be 14, 15, 12 and 15, but... I'd like a, I, the more the merrier for me. I want more options. That's I don't know about you, but yeah, I would, yeah. I mean, more is better for sure. Especially after I know it's I know it's not been technically five years of them working on it because they've been touring and they've got shows and, and working on other. Their tour for Woodstock as well. I feel like people need to understand that that world tour for Woodstock yeah. was massive. They played so many shows for so long for that album. That when you say it's been like five years since Woodstock, but like at least two to even three of that was pretty much spent just touring for like Woodstock. They were like the sort of the fifth most toured show in that year. They'd done like 200 and something shows in that year. <laughs> so I, I yeah. Like maybe 2018. And I was like, 2018, I think, is when they were really like really going hard. That's when I saw them in June of 2018. And when you look at that, um, Woodstock World Tour poster or whatever they have. Unfortunately, it's sold out on their website, but you can still find it. And the amount of dates they have listed is so crazy. I don't think I've ever seen a tour, like a band poster with that many tour dates listed on it. All right. So, Josh, we've uh, gone through the topics. I think it's been a pretty good show. What about you? Hopefully, hopefully you've uh, we've enjoyed your time here on the PYRB podcast oh certainly certainly it's been a lot of fun you've been an excellent guest but one more thing we've got the ptm question the quiz right at the end you know how this works basically um yes i do questions yes or no questions i'm gonna now from now on get 10 questions and i'm gonna give a hint the last question has to be a guess minimum so i, I mean if you're confident by question three you could guess if you want but if I say, okay, you know, uh, yeah, it's the question essentially. So um, you've got the entire discography, PTM. Um, I'm not gonna do just. For, I'm not gonna include Grim Generation because that's not officially released. But 
Okay. Not yet, anyway. Um, I've got something in mind. Um, yeah. Uh, if, if you're ready, you can take it away. Yes or no questions. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is it pre-Atlantic? Uh, yes, it did release before. Was it a single? Hmm. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. No. Do you, can you remember? Have we discussed it so far today? Mentioned it in the podcast. Have mentioned it. Um. Man, I feel the pressure. I feel the sweat dripping down my face. <laughs> um, down by album would be a good way because that limits it. That's. That's what I'm thinking next. My next question is going to be, is it off of Satanic? It is not on Satanic Satanist. So then, is it off of Waiter? It, it is on Waiter, you vultures. Yes. You've had four. What was that, four? Oh, five? Oh, snap. You've got four questions and a guess, so... I'm trying to think. I think I've only mentioned one song off this album by name, but... I'm not sure. Um, is it in... What do you think it is? Though? Is it... Hmm. But if I guess, then that's game over. I mean, you could ask a question about the title. Maybe if there's... Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. Um, is there an animal in the title of the song? There is an animal in the name of the title. <laughs> but it's funny because there's still one, two, three... Four? Yeah, four songs off this album it could be. I'm not cheating by looking, am I? You are right. <laughs> wow, that really didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not cheating by looking at the track list, am I? I can't see what you're doing right now. So. Oh, I mean, I'm just looking at the track list, so. It's fine now, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say how the leopard got its spots. And by good sir, you are correct. In seven how the leopard got its spots. You had me with the pause. You had me with the pause. I was like, oh man. Oh, I, I forgot about AKA M80 the wolf. I completely, I was, I was like, oh yeah, an animal. Oh yeah. I thought I'd get you with an OG one. Uh, I don't know if that one was an actual single, to be fair. Uh, How the Leopard? I do think it was. Um, looking at my phone here... Normally they give videos for that sort of thing. And I know M80 the Wolf got video, so I was like, that one is so, a single. But I wasn't, I wasn't sure on this one, but... And I guess it depends on whatever the definition of a single would be, but I know, at least on the version of the um, Devil Say I, I Say Air EP... Like, how the leopard got its spots is on there, but I don't know if that necessarily would make it, like, a single. I guess it was just on the EP. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. I, hey, you got it right. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, right. That was a, that was a tricky one. If you didn't, like, if you said M80 the wolf, like, I don't know, maybe you'd forgotten about leopard, because you mentioned it briefly halfway through, and I was like, oh. Because <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote it down at the beginning of the episode. To not mention it the entire time, but no, you've done uh, done well there, Josh. Uh, yeah, uh, nice. Well, thank you very much. I'm proud of myself. I can sleep well tonight. I'll <laughs> sleep with a smile. He was a little bit nervous, everyone, uh, that you might not get it right because he noticed it's. I think it's been three from three, and I've been a bit generous with the hints, but I'm going to start. I think we get some more hardcores on here. We're going to be going like we're going to be going proper singles. We're going to be going like. Um, Stuff off album track, uh, 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 film 
tracks and things. See, I was like yeah. worried you were going to pull out Endangered Song or something on me. Something like super <laughs> deep. That it's like no one will really probably mention that song. Not that it's a bad song, but it's definitely not one that immediately comes to mind for me. So I think it'd be easy to slip that one past. I was I was gonna do the Walking Dead, uh, the one from the Walking Dead. Heavy games, yeah. Games, yeah. I saw someone online actually say that's the song they got them into PTM, and I was like, hmm, interesting. I, I never, I, I guess, but the longest time I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. I, I, and I mean, there's supposed to be part two on the new album, according to that leaked track list. Like, I think it was called Heavy Games Part Two or something like that. Well, they can't just call it Heavy Games again because they've already done that. I mean, they could rework it. There's plenty of bands that will release something as sort of like an obscure single, and then like years down the road, they'll revisit it and just repackage it and put it back out there, and people usually don't know the difference. I mean, I mean, really, the hardcore of the hardcore. I mean, I have a mate of mine, the guy who does the art for this, Liam. He loves The Walking Dead. I told him about it, it was like, I never heard it. Or I don't remember that. No, he's like a hardcore fan, so... I don't know. I don't know, maybe you just forgot. <laughs> anyway, Josh, is there anything... We're, we're, we're coming, to the, coming to the end now. Is there anything you wanted to promote? Say thanks. Any, anything you want to talk about right at the end of the podcast? Um, the mic is yours, if you want to say a bit. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, anything you want to promote? I don't really... Yeah, I'm not cool enough to have anything to promote. Oh, yeah. If you're looking to see some, like, Portugal the Man footage, like I said, I've got some, like, cell phone footage from over the years of varying qualities. Um, I've got the I've got the Firefly 2018 show, like, the actual live stream of it in a Google Drive somewhere. So if anyone's interested in that, hit me up in Discord or on Reddit, and I can send you a link to that so you can watch it, because I think that was, like, a super epic show. Send that to um, but Could you send that one to me? I'll, I'll, I'll give yeah, of course. Tomorrow. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and uh, I... Uh, other than that, I mean, I watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for the first time last night, and I thought that was hilarious, but their big thing it was, like, be excellent to each other. So in this day and age, I think it's important to remember that. And so I just want to say to everybody out there, like, anyone listening, just keep it real. You know, times are tough. If you're listening to this, you're probably in the Discord or Reddit or something. So if you ever, like, need to chat, like I said, I'm Gerald Fjord or Laser Guided Melody. You can, like, hit me up. I'm usually posting in both frequently. And, um, like I said, it's tough, but just try to remember that it will get better. You know, even if the world doesn't, still the people around you can make a bad situation better. Um, and just, like Ted, Bill and Ted say, just be excellent to each other. Awesome. Definitely. Keanu, he's, he's got short hair in that film, hasn't he? In the, sec- in the more recent one. See, I haven't seen, because that was, so I'm 29 now, and I love movies, and I don't know how I managed to miss Bill and Ted, but last night, uh, my fiancé was like, hey, Bill and Ted, streaming on this service, you ever seen it? And I was like, I haven't, we should check it out. So we did, and it was a hilarious movie, um, definitely filled with some awesome music, and yeah, I just loved the vibes of it and everything, and I just like that point they made of, um, just be excellent be excellent to each other. I think that's something that I wish more people would remember. Because I unfortunately work customer service, so I have to work with the general public, and that sucks. Challenging. Yeah, Yeah, and I just wish uh, yeah. people would just remember. It's not that hard. Just be excellent to each other. Yeah, De- definitely. Uh, listen, we've been chatting for like two hours. This is, def- this is so far the longest one. This has, been, this has been a really good recording. I felt like 
I'm not gonna lie to you. That was my goal. I told you I came ready to talk. You came. You came. Right. You came in with the facts. You know, you came in with the answers. You were there. And, I, and yeah, like I said, I've got so many stories and stuff that we didn't even get into that in the future. If you ever want me back on, I'd be oh, more than happy to come on. And... Oh, oh, absolutely. Um, definitely, Josh. Definitely, you were excellent. Um, again, thank you very much for coming on. I know it was quite short notice. I literally messaged you about twenty minutes later. You were like. Bugger, I didn't see this. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> and then we're just like, yeah, let's just go. Um, awesome. Yeah, thank you for being really uh, really patient with everything we're doing here. Um, yeah, again, thank you if you've been listening, if you've made it this far. Uh, excellent. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Um, yeah, I have nothing really else to say apart from uh, let's just let's hope for some good news in the next sort of month or two. Uh, maybe a new release. Anything? <laughs> I'm sure we'll get some. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Anyway, cheers guys, have a good day. Uh...